At the very end of the parsha, we have the pasuk where it says, "Vayeshev Yisrael be'eretz Mitzrayim." Yidden have settled in Mitzrayim, be'eretz Goishan in the land of Goishan. Vayeachazuba. We'll see in a minute what Vayeachazuba means. Vayifru Vayirbu Mo'id, and they were fruitful and multiplied very much. What does the word Vayeachazuba mean? So there are two explanations. The simple meaning of the pasuk Vayeachazu is as Rashi explains it: Loshen Achuza. It's an expression of a possession. So the Yidin had this as their possession, the land of Goshen. The Medrash explains it. That the land was holding on to them. Like a person that is being held on to against his will. So the word therefore, is from the word, from the expression of achiza, of holding on to something. Now, what's, why according to Pshat can't we learn? That the word vayeachazu over here means from the expression of holding on, an expression of achiza. So the Rebbe says, because from the continuation of the Pasuk, where it says that Yidin were vayeshev, they were settled there. And vayeachazu ba, vayifru, and they multiplied and increased, etc. It seems to be saying that the Torah is telling us that vayeachazu ba is the way that they settled in Goshen, and this was the way, this was what caused, this is what brought about to Vayifru Vayirbumoy, the way they were settled, is what caused them to multiply and to increase, etc. And therefore, according to Pshat, we cannot learn, like the Medrash, that they were settled there against their will, because clearly, if they're there in a way, if they are there in a way that's against their will, be, will being oppressed, etc., then that is not going to lead to being fruitful and multiplying, etc. Furthermore, the Rebbe says we also can say that Vayeachazuba would mean still translating as holding on, but perhaps it might mean that the Yidden are holding on to it by settling the land. They are holding on to the land. The problem then is with the Nakudos on the word Vayeachazu. Then it should have been, Vayoichazubo would have meant that they're holding on to it, onto it rather than Vayeachazubo, which if you're translating as meaning from the Loshan, from the expression of holding on, would mean that they are being held by the land. And therefore, going back to the original meaning of the Pasuk, according to Pshat, therefore, Vayeachazubo, Rashi is telling us it's from the word Achuza, which means it was their possession. The Rebbe says, we discussed many times, that when we have several pirushim of Razal on the same word or on the same Indian, it doesn't mean that these two interpretations are completely unrelated to each other. But on the contrary, since they are both interpretations on the same word, there must be some sort of connection between them. The problem in our case is that seemingly these two pirushim, not only don't they seem to be connected, but they seem to be completely opposite in toichen, in their content, from each other. Why is that? According to the simple meaning of the Pasuk, the word Vayeyachazubah means the Pasuk is emphasizing how the Eden are settling in the land of Goshen, and it's a way that it's becoming their land, their achuza, their possession. On the other hand, according to the Medrash, what seems to be coming out is that the emphasis is exactly the opposite, that the Eden are being held on to over here against their will. It's not their place. This is against their will. They don't want to be here. Says the Rebbe, this is going to be understood after first explaining the Rashi just before this one, the previous Dibraham Maschal. And that is on the beginning of the Pasuk, the part of the Pasuk that's the introduction to Vayeachazubah. Rashi goes on the words, is discussing the words Vayeshev Yisrael Be'eretz Mitzrayim. 
Yidin settled in the land of Mitzrayim. And Rashi says, Veheichon, and where? The Eretz Goishim in the land of Goishen, Shehime Eretz Mitzrayim, which is part of Mitzrayim. What's bothering Rashi? What's Rashi coming to tell us? So Mephoshim say, the Rashi is coming, is to preempt a question from the expression of the Pasek. The Pasek says, Be'eretz Mitzrayim, Be'eretz Goishen. Now it sounds like these are two different places, two different Arotzes, two different lands. And therefore Rashi is clarifying on the words, Vayeshev Be'eretz Mitzrayim, Vayeshev Yisrael Be'eretz Mitzrayim. Rashi is telling us, Ve'heichon, and we're, we're within Mitzrayim, Be'eretz Goishen. It's almost as if in the Pasek itself it says, Be'eretz Mitzrayim, and within that we're about, in, particularly in the land of Goishen. But the Rebbe says it's not understood. Number one, then why is Rashi at the end of the Rashi, after saying the Heichon Be'eretz Goishen, he adds Shehi Me'eretz Mitzrayim, which is part of Mitzrayim. I mean, that's clearly understood from what the Pasek is saying. And what Rashi says, when the Pasek says, Vayeshev Yisrael Be'eretz Mitzrayim, and Rashi then says, Ve'heichon, and we're within that, Be'eretz Goishen. So that's understood then, it's within Mitzrayim. Why does Rashi have to add the words, Shehi Me'eretz Mitzrayim? The Rebbe says, in truth, we could ask the question on the Pasek itself. Why does the Pasek have to say that it's in Mitzrayim? And then tell us within, that it's within Eretz Goishen. Wouldn't have it been enough if it just said Be'eretz Goishen. We would have known already that it's a Mitzrayim because earlier on in this parsha itself, it says clearly that Eretz Goishen is part of Mitzrayim. And finally, the Rebbe asks on the Dibra Maschil, if Rashi is trying to explain to us is this Arichus of why the Pasek says Be'eretz Mitzrayim, Be'eretz Goishen, why is he quoting from the Pasek also the words Vayeshev Yisrael? Says the Rebbe, the explanation is, Rashi is actually coming to deal with and to preempt a question, a contradiction on the general content of our Pasek, contrasting that with something that we were told in an earlier parsha. So by the Brisbane Absorim, Hashem tells Avram, Ki ger Your children are going to be foreigners, they're going to be strangers in a land that's not then theirs. And eventually they're going to go out with great wealth, etc. In other words, before Yidin come to Eretz Yisrael, they first need to go through a state of Golos. And that is specifically by being a geir, by being strangers in a foreign land. The question is, how could we say that the Yidin are sort of being yoitze this Golos, they are having this Golos while being in Mitzrayim, if we find over here in this Pasuk, that the way they were in Mitzrayim was in a way of Vayeshev. It says, Vayeshev Yisrael Beretz Mitzrayim. The word Vayeshev, this expression Vayeshev, which means settling, but from the word Toishev, like being a resident, is exactly the opposite of a gain of being a stranger or, in, or an immigrant. Furthermore, they're in Eretz Goishen, which on Eretz Goishen, the Pesach had told us already earlier, this is mate of ours, this is the very best land of Mitzrayim. And furthermore, as the Pasek itself finishes off of here, which we're being told, it's Lashon Achuza, that it becomes their Achuza, it becomes their possession. How could possibly all of this be considered what Hashem had told Avraham Avinu, that they are going to be Geri Yezerach, they're going to be foreigners. The Rebbe is now answering one of the questions immediately. The Rebbe says, this is why Rashi in the Dibra Maschil actually quotes the words Vayeshev Yisrael, because the difficult in our Pasuk, as mentioned, is exactly this point of how Yidin are being Vayeshev, they're settling like residents in the land of Goshen when they're supposed to be Geirim, they're supposed to be foreigners and strangers. It is this question 
that the way Rashi is explaining the Pasuk is coming to preempt when he says after the, he's explained already Be'eretz Mitzrayim, Ve'heichon Be'eretz Goshen, and then he adds the word Shehimei Eretz Mitzrayim. Rashi is telling us that it is part of Mitzrayim. In other words, what's Rashi telling us? That at the end of the day, no matter what, how great Goshen is, it's still part of Eretz Mitzrayim. It's not Eretz Canaan. And therefore, their settling over there in Eretz Goshen is still considered Golos. Because by the actual fact that they're not in Eretz Canaan, their land, therefore they're still considered a gay foreigners in a land that doesn't belong to them. Says the Rebbe, but this is still not completely smooth and understood, at least by Pnimi Yisoyin Why is that? It's known that the purpose of Golos Mitzrayim was that Yidin should be able to be purified over there, to become deserving and fitting for receiving the Torah and being able to eventually go into Eretz Yisrael. So how, at the end of the day, how could we say that this is all being accomplished? The Kavana, in other words, this way of being purified through Golos, which is supposed to be the Golos and the enslavery in Mitzrayim, how, how is this being accomplished by Vayeshev Yisrael, just by the fact that they're sitting or settling in the land of Mitzrayim? The question is even stronger once we see how Vayeshev is explained in the Chelek Hadrasha B'Torah, like in the more the Medrash part of Torah. Why is the question even stronger? But the Rebbe first, and before getting to this, the Rebbe says, Ubehekdim, by first prefacing another point. The Rebbe says, from the fact that the Pasuk says, Vayeochazubo, which is an expression of Achuzo, an expression that it's their possession, it would seem to be then, that Eretz Goishen, it was and remained an Achuzo, a possession, sometimes we also understand the word Achuzo, even from the word of an, as an inheritance, remaining by Yidin, that this is their land. And L'cha'ayda, this is totally not understood. How is it possible to say about a part of Mitzrayim that this is an achuza, that this is a possession and an inheritance for Bnei Yisroel? We know Eretz Canaan, this is the Yerusha for Yidin. As the Pasuk says, Hashem says to Avram, I'm going to give you this land to inherit, not Eretz Mitzrayim. Now, says the Rebbe, according to Derech Hapshat, this is not really such a question. Because since the Yidden were in Goshen during the whole time while they were in Mitzrayim, which is 210 years, the gematria of the word Redu that we have, as, as the Pasuk says. So therefore, you could still say that, yes, this is their possession while they're there. However, according to the Derash of Torah, the, the section of Torah that focuses more on the inner meaning of what it's all about, so it's not so smooth, it's not so simple. How can we be calling this this our our achuzah, our possession, our inheritance, if that's not part of Eretz Yisrael? The Rebbe says that the Radak in Sefer Yoshua and Tanakh brings in the name of Drash. We have over there a posseg that Yoshua conquered the land of Goshen. So the question is, what Goshen is this referring to? So the Radak says, according to the Drash, according to the Medrash, that this is actually referring to Goishan of Mitzrayim. And he says, that This was sort of absorbed. Literally the word Nivlas means swallowed up. In other words, this was taken along as well together with the other cities of Eretz Yisrael. And therefore it's being counted as part of the cities of Nachlas Bnei Yehuda, of the inheritance of the possession of Bnei Yehuda. 
Now, if that's the case, seemingly we would be able to say, at least according to this level of drash in Torah, we would be able to then perhaps explain by a that Eretz Goyshin is becoming their achuza, achuza osef, in the meaning of a Yerusha, their inheritance, because it was taken, it was swallowed up, it was taken, became part of the cities of Eretz Yisrael in the time of Yeshua. The Rebbe says that it's difficult to say this, because how does it make sense to say that in the time when Yidin are now settled in Mitzrayim, Vayeshev Yisroel, this settling of land of Goshen should be called an achuza, a possession or an, or an inheritance, because hundreds of years later, Eretz Goshen will be taken by Yeshua to be made as part of the cities of, of Yisroel. So we're back to the question, how are we calling this place an achuza for the Yidin? Or a Yerusha for the Yidin? Says the Rebbe, the explanation is, we find in the Medrash, that Paroi, we know the story when Paroi took Sarah, and the Medrash says that Paroi had given her, as part of the gifts that he had given her, he had given her Eretz Goishen Lachuzah, he had given her the land of Goishen, to take that as a possession, and as an inheritance. And therefore, the Yidden settling in the land of Goishen is actually as part of the inheritance of Sarah Imenu. If that's the case, Yidin are receiving the land of Goshen as a Yerusha, as a Yerusha from Sarah. Now, based on all of this, that the Yidin now have the land of Goshen and it's actually theirs, we're trying to clarify, how do they have an Achuzah outside of Eretz Yisrael? But we're saying, yes, this is their Yerusha from Sarah. But now, the previous question becomes even stronger. We're trying to understand how they can be Yoytzev, the Shibud Mitzrayim, while being in Goshen. Well, the Shibud of Golos while being in Goshen. So says the Rebbe, the question now becomes even stronger. How is it possible that the Yidin could be Yoytzes, this Golos of Mitzrayim, while they're in Goshen, if Goshen belongs to them as a Yerusha, and therefore it's again clearly not Geir, that they're strangers in a foreign land? Says the Rebbe, we're going to understand this based on what's explained in Torah, that all of the details of the Avoidah, of the hard work the Yidin had in Golos Mitzrayim, that the Pasuk describes as Ba'avoydakosha, the hard labor, Bechoymer, the mortar, Bulvenim, the bricks, etc. All also are true and apply also in a spiritual sense. And this applies in the area of Torah, of learning and involving oneself with Torah. It says in the Zoyar that Ba'avoydakosha, the hard work, the hard labor, in Torah that would mean the area of Kushya. Kasha is the idea of Kushya, of questions. You learn something and there's difficult questions. Bechoymer, the cement or the mortar, refers to a kalvachoymer that we have in Torah. Bilevenim is from the word of libun. Libun hilchas a clarifying halachis. So therefore, when a yid works hard, toils in the avoida kosher and the hard labor of Torah, in that way he can get rid of, he can be yoitzen not to have to have the hard work of Golos Mitzrayim. And he doesn't have to do it physically. This is very similar to a mission in Perkeovis that says, Kala Makabal, olive oil, Torah. Anyone that accepts upon themselves the yoke of Torah. And it specifically says of here, oil, the yoke, that means it's a hard work, as we mentioned before in the Zoya. So if you accept a hard work from Torah, then Ma'avirin Mimenu, oil Malchus, oil Derecheretz, then all other sorts of yokes of government and, and, and business and so on is all removed from him. He doesn't have to worry about these other Gashmiyazdika things. Says the Rebbe, so the same thing we can now apply in our case. When Yidna are in the land of Goshen, they were able to be Yoytze, they were able to 
accomplish all of the inyanim of the Golus and Shibud and the enslavement of Mitzrayim through their hard work in Limud Torah. We know that Yaakov and his children have established a base Talmud, a yeshiva in Goshen. And when the Yidden were working hard there in Torah, they're being yoytze, they're getting rid of the obligation of having to work hard in the physical sense. The Rebbe says, this is also the Remez, we know there's a concept of Yenushal Torah, that in Rashi there's also hinted in Yonim of the wine of Torah, of the Pnimis of Torah. Where Rashi says, that it's from the word Achuza, says the Rebbe, this idea we're discussing is also hinted in these words. That the time of Golis Mitzrayim, in that first period when the Yidden are there, when the Yidden are settling there, Vayeshev Yisrael, was not anything to do with hard work physically. On the contrary, at the time it was in a way that they felt that it's mate of art, that it's actually the best part of the land. And that it's their achuzah, that it's their possession, as Rashi says. Meaning to say that everyone knew and everyone recognized that Yidin are finding themselves in their land. It belongs to them, where they could act as they wish, how they want, and they're totally not under Shibut Mitzrayim. So where did the Golos express itself? That expressed itself. They're working hard. The Shibut, the enslavement, is in the hard work of Torah. Says the Rebbe, but there's still further clarification needed. Since at the end of the day, Yidin are yarshining, Yidin are inheriting according to the way the Medrash said it, the land of Goshen from Sarah. So we explained why it could be considered hard work. But how could we consider it Be'eretz Lohem? How could we consider it that this is a Golos in a land that's not theirs, if in fact the land is theirs? Says the Rebbe, the explanation is, even though it's true that Eretz Goshen belonged to Yidin because of this inheritance from Sarah, nevertheless, it still does not contain the same level of Kedusha that Eretz Yisrael has. Eretz Yisrael being called a land that Eine Hashem that Hashem's eyes are constantly upon the land, and so on. And this is why it was considered a Golos Be'eretz Loilohem, even while they're settled in Goshen, and even in that first period, even during that first time, because Yidin, we're feeling the tsar, Yidin, we're feeling the pain for the fact that they're not in a place of Eretz, Asher, Tomidene, Hashem, Lekechaba, that land that has that Kedusha, where Hashem's eyes are always upon the land. And in, with that itself, it's considered this is not our land, it does not have the Chshivus and the Kedusha that Yidin are deserving to have. And from having this tsar itself, that takes off some of the enslavement and the suffering that they should have had physically in Golos Mitzrayim. Now, even though in the beginning of the Golos, it wasn't a way of that it, they're feeling it's theirs, but that itself is already considered some sort of Yerida, some sort of descent, compared to their state, their level, as they would have been in Eretz Canaan. And as a result of this, this ultimately leads that later and eventually, it leads to a Golos and Shibud Mitzrayim, enslavement of Mitzrayim in the literal sense. That means... That after that first period is over, in the time as the Apostle describes it, by Yomos Yosef, Yosef passes away and his brothers and the whole generation. And as a result of that, they're now starting to be lacking in this Yegiyah, in the toil of Torah, in this Yeshiva that Yaakov and his children have set up. And they started forgetting the Tsar, the pain that they're in a land that's not really theirs. This is what, what happens now, is that the Shibud Mitzrayim, the enslavement of Mitzrayim, now starts in the literal sense. To the extent... As it says that it seemed to them that after after a, after this period when Yosef and his brothers passed away, etc., it's as if they just 
came down to Mitzrayim now. In other words, now is where the whole trouble is starting. They're starting to forget that really this is a land that belongs to Eden and they're starting to feel the bitterness and the trouble of the Golos. Says the Rebbe, this is what Rashi is, is, is actually emphasizing in his Pirush, which we asked before about when it says, Vayeshev Yisrael Be'eretz Mitzrayim. And Rashi says, Ve'eichan and we're Be'eretz Goishan. Shehi Me'eretz Mitzrayim, which is part of Mitzrayim, means like this. In the beginning of Golos Mitzrayim, so it was in a way that it was, it was in Eretz Goishan, as Rashi says, so where is it? They're in Eretz Goishan, they're in the best part of the land. But on the other hand, Rashi is telling us, we need, you need to remember, but it's still part of Mitzrayim. Meaning to say, the actual fact that Yidin need to settle in the land of Goshen means already that there's some sort of descent into Mitzrayim. And furthermore, that Goshen itself is transformed into the worst Golos Mitzrayim. As Rashi says, that means to say that when they don't utilize the best of the land of Goshen in Avoidus Hashem, and on the contrary, as we have another passage that describes, Vayishman Yisrael Vayivot, that as a result of all the Gashmis, of all the fats that they have, it causes them to rebel against Hashem, then Eretz Goishan itself, where Yidin were living throughout the Golos, now became a place of Shibud Mitzrayim, of the hard work of Mitzrayim, Kepshutoi, in the literal sense. Says the Rebbe, this explanation of Vayayochazu, from the word of Achuza, that Yidin, we also said it means in the expression of yarshening, of inheriting the land of Goshen, also fits very much with the whole idea of what Golos Mitzrayim is, according to the way Chassidus explains it. And from this will also be understood that even though, according to Pshat, the word, when we say Vayayachazu, it's from the word Achuza, doesn't necessarily have to mean an inheritance. It can mean, as we said before, just a, it's their possession doesn't have to mean necessarily the idea of Yerusha, the Yidin are having the Goshen as an inheritance. But Rashi is hinting to this at least, with the words Lashon Achuzah, that it also contains this idea of Yerusha and inheritance, and is Yenush al where the, that's also always hidden in Rashi. So what's this idea of Yerusha specifically? So the explanation is that the point of Golos Mitzrayim was that Yidin are going to elevate and take all the holy sparks that are found in Mitzrayim. This is really the inner meaning of what the Pesach says, that they emptied out Mitzrayim. And the Chazal tell us that they emptied it out completely. The Gemara says, They made it like a trap that the hunters would set up, they would put grain in for the birds to, to, to be, that should be the bait for the birds. So imagine the trap without any grain. Or the depths of the sea where there are no fish. They didn't empty it out Mitzrayim completely. They elevated all of the sparks all of the holy sparks that originate in Oilom Atoyu, that were found in Mitzrayim, and the Yidin now elevated and took out all of these sparks. That was the point of Golos Mitzrayim. This is what Rashi is hinting to with the words, that it's from the word of Achuza. That the whole purpose, the point, the intent of Vayeshev Yisrael Be'eretz Mitzrayim, of Yidin being in Mitzrayim, of Golos Mitzrayim, was that Yidin should, as a result of being there, they should be Yorish, they should inherit these sparks of Oilom Atoyu. So in Chassidus, as we're about to see right now, this idea of taking those sparks of Oilom Atoyu is often referred to as Yarshening, as inheriting those lights of Toyu. The Rebbe says it's known a mimer of the free Yidike Rebbe. That the order of Yerusha, the way of inherit, how inheritance works by Umas Oilom, by the Goyim. So we have a Posik. Posik speaks about the idea of Yerusha, where it says that if a person doesn't have a son, then 
the whole seder of, the, of, of how it passes on the different descendants and so on. If there's no descendants, then it goes to the brother. So the Friedrich Rebbe explains in a mimer that the seder over here is, the Pesach says, Ali, och Esav So the inheritance, these holy sparks that were by Esav, these high oiris are not passing. There is no descendant, so to speak, of Esav in the spiritual sense to take these sparks. It's the brother, Yaakov, that's Yerush, that inherits these sparks, the sparks of Oilam Says the Rebbe, according to all of this, we can now understand the connection between the two Pirushim of Ayyachazuba that we had all the way in the beginning of the Sikha. According to the simple meaning of Ayyachazu is from the word of Achuza, as we said, because simply and this is in the time of Pashas Vayigash and the enslavement didn't start yet. Golas didn't start yet. On the contrary, this is a time where it's, where what seems to be very clear is that Eretz Goishen, the Yidden have, uh, took hold of it, the Yidden have possession over it, it's theirs. Absolutely. But comes the Medrash, the Medrash is looking at every single thing in a more panemistical way. And the Medrash says, Vayeachazu is a lashon of achiza, which means that the land is holding on to them against their will. Meaning to, sell, meaning to say that since, as we explained before, the idea that they are settled in Goshen, although externally seems like a very, very great thing, they're, they're, they're in power, they're the ones in charge, etc. But as we said before, really, this is already a Yerida, this is already a descent, it's part of Mitzrayim. And furthermore, this is what leads or leaves some room that there should eventually be the Shibut Mitzrayim in the literal sense. So therefore, the Medrash is telling us that the Panimius, in a hidden way, this Yerida is already in a way that the land is holding on to them against their will. But on the other hand, the reason why they're in Mitzrayim, what's the Panimius, the reason for it? Why there has to be this idea of according to the way the Medrash says it. In other words, that the land is holding, for the, holding on to them. Why are they there? This in turn is hinted in the inner part of Rashi, in the Yenish Old Toyot and the Chassidus that's hinted in the Rashi. Going back to the first shot, that the inner intent of Golos Mitzrayim is, in other words, again, as the Medrash says that Vayachuzubah is more indicating the Golos, but it, the point of it is more Meloshen Achuzah, because we also said Achuzah is from the word of Yerusha, that the Yidin are going to inherit all of the good in those sparks of Toyot that had fallen down through the Shvira Sakhalim into Mitzrayim. And finally that leads to the Achrei Chenyeitzah that then the Yidin leave, Berchush Godel with great wealth.